Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers by teachers and all with a dash of educational technology thrown in. My name is Joachim Cohen and today, like every day, I am joined by two rather awesome members of the Technology for Learning team, Linda Lazenby and Yvette Pashoglian. Welcome team. Hello. Hello guys. So what do we have in store for you today? Well, we have a guest who is passionate about two things you might think are polar opposites, climate change and rally racing. Now, many of you will have heard of rallying. Think fast cars, bush tracks and loads of mud. And listeners in Coffs Harbour will be very familiar with Rally Australia, a global event that has graced their backyard. Well, today we are excited to be joined by a former Australian rally champion, someone who has just won the first round of the Extreme E-Racing Series in Saudi Arabia. But whilst our guest is all about gasoline and horsepower, she is also passionate about drawing attention to climate change. Sound like oil and water to you? Well, not to her. Molly Taylor, former Australian Rally Champion, welcome to the virtual staff room. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Now, Molly, I know our listeners are dying to learn a little bit more about you. Tell us about winning the Australian Rally Championship and what a day in the life of a rally driver looks like. Yeah, it was pretty surreal for me, I suppose, starting rallying. You know, it's always your goal to win your national championship and have it as a, a profession to uh, wake up every day and, and be a rally driver. So um, I don't think the, the excitement of that has ever really sunk in, to be honest. It still feels just as good as it did the very first day. So um, I'm very lucky. I mean, the I suppose a day-to-day, uh, one of the great things is that it's, there's never any day that's the same. It uh, really depends on, on what's going on. And um, I'm in hotel quarantine at the moment, having just come back from Saudi Arabia. Um, so there is a lot of travel. And now, now with COVID, a lot, a lot of hotel, extra hotel time. Um, and then in between the events, a lot of uh, physical training and preparation, as well as then a lot of work with the team, um, coordinating uh, various things, planning, uh, working with our sponsors and that sort of thing. So it's um, a very, very diverse day-to-day uh, activities, but I, I love every minute of it. Now, we're a technology podcast, Molly. So rally cars, you know, are they very technical or do you just get in and drive like I would my car? <laughs> uh, no, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, uh, yeah, so essentially, you know, starting from a, a road car in rallying, uh, but with our extreme e-cars, for example, they're built completely bespoke for the purpose that we're doing. So they're not actually based on any road car. They they build essentially a chassis out of a tubular frame and put some bodywork on it. Um, so, yeah, everything from the ground up is, is yeah, designed and developed. And in our rally car, we make a lot of modifications from the road car uh, for safety, um, strength, but then also performance as well. So there's, And there's lots of things within in that development that we, we're continually uh, improving and adapting and tweaking and tuning for every round from the you know, engine performance, braking performance, suspension, handling. Uh, it just goes on. It's, um, it's one of the things that's really exciting about motorsport because – it's, you never get to a finish point where you've you've done. You can, you can do, there's always more you can try, more you can improve, more you can develop. Mm. What are some of the ro- other roles and skills you need, Molly, and, and your team to to get the most out of one of these cars? And also, how do you sort of gel as a team, and what makes a rally team? Yeah, the teamwork side is really important. Um, it's normally the 
the drivers that get more of the limelight, but it's really a team sport because you have uh, putting together a team, uh, getting the you know the sponsorship and the, the commercial partnerships and things like that in place to be able to fund it. Uh, and then you you look at building the car, developing the car. You need to have a really good synergy with the driver and the crew. So for the driver to be able to relay what they're feeling in the car, what they think, and then for the engineers and the mechanics to be able to help work with you to be able to put together uh, the, the right package and be able to make those adjustments based on your feedback, based on on their looking at the data of the car and, and their knowledge as well. So the, having that that uh, cohesion between the whole team is very very important and. And also, you know, we're going out and driving at 200 kilometres an hour down a narrow forest road next to trees and we need to have absolute faith that you know, every nut and bolt in that car is tight, everyone's done their job. So everyone's role is, is just as critical as the other one uh, in the motorsport team. And, and I think also the, the collection of people that are so passionate about motorsport and passionate about what they do, it just creates an awesome – it's a high-pressure environment, but it's also, you know, one that's really full of – motivated people that, that are all there to achieve a common goal and then in that sense you really become like a family and you spend so much time together it's uh yeah it's important to have that vibe and, and when you do it's just yeah it's the best place to be wow i can tell you i'm getting goosebumps just running all over me i'm thinking about you <laughs> driving down that road at 200 kilometers an hour and the whole team's in there with you going come on we're gonna you know we're gonna make it through and it's um yep. it kind of makes me think a little bit like it's a it's a living and breathing stem kit you've got sitting out there <laughs> you know you and the team are tinkering with it building that race winning machine are we on the right track yeah 100 percent. And, and that's really what it is everyone's invested in it and, and you're all you know got these these hopes riding and it. it's such a it's such a tough sport and it's such a challenge so you're working so hard and so it just becomes something that means so much to everyone so you, yeah everyone is really you know emotionally physically so invested in the performance and you're all kind of on this roller coaster ride together. So it's, uh, you'd have all the ups and downs uh, like you would in any sport, but um, yeah, the highs are just the, the highest high you can uh, ever experience. And from what you're talking to us about, Molly, rallying is really a sport. And while you're the driver, there is that whole team that Joe was just referring to and, and you did too about, you know, how you go about winning. It's not just the best driver, um, which is obviously you, but but how important is that cohesiveness for your team to be successful? It's absolutely critical uh, to, for success. In rally, extreme is a little bit different because we only have one driver in the car at the same time. In rally, we have a co-driver next to us. So that relationship, you know, they're, they're basically calling the next corner ahead. So if they say the crest is flat and you're in sixth gear at the limit and, and you hear a flat crest, you hold a flat and, you know, you, you trust that, that that's the right, they're in the right spot on, on their notes. Um, and, you know, there's not a, a hairpin just after the corner. So that, that level of trust is critical because you're fighting for tenths of seconds. So you don't have time to hesitate or question anything like that. And, and then from the team's perspective as well, having the, the car that can make all those tenths in a performance sense and, and be fast. Um, and then also having that confidence that, you know, everyone has prepared a car that's going to be fast and reliable. So it's, uh, yeah, without any, if one of those factors isn't in line, then the whole thing can't come together. 
Um, you should have seen the faces in this room when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and Yvette and I had very different faces. Yes, I drive an automatic, so clearly wasn't uh, an understanding of that. But I, I totally get it. And also the fact that, you know, you're on a new track each time and you really got to, um, you know, rely on your, your partners in, in there with you. Got a really good sense of that. In terms of that sort of practice, are there game-based rally programs that you might use to, or virtual simulations that you use to uh, help you build those kinds of skills? It's a bit more difficult in rally. We do have some video games that have rally stages and things like that, so you can do. And in terms of, I suppose, practicing concentration and reaction, those sort of skills, it, it's helpful. The difficulty is with rallying so much is on feel, and it's it's very hard to. You can't replicate exactly what stage is like, and we do so many different forest roads that can change day to day, let alone event to event or year. So it, it's pretty impossible to be able to accurately represent something like put on a circuit. It's much more relevant in circuit racing because you can really practice your breaking markers, learn the tracks and do all those things on simulators, which rally is, is a lot more by the seat of your pants. So it, it's harder to replicate and something that is, is much more uh, yeah, in the moment experience type of thing. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Extreme E vehicles and what the Extreme E session and what's what's it all about and uh, how the car's different to what we've seen in rallying before? Yeah, so Extreme E is a completely new series. It's been in development for a couple of years and essentially it's a combination of trying to provide some revolutionary, exciting racing, but also using sport as a platform to be able to inspire positive change and take some positive action against climate change. Um, so essentially we have these custom-built 550-horsepower all-electric SUVs. The SUVs are the same for every team. So they get, we all get supplied exactly the same vehicle. We go to five different locations across the world that have already been heavily impacted by climate change. So we've just been to the deserts in Saudi Arabia. We are going to Greenland where some of the, the glaciers are melting. Um, we're going to uh, the, the beach at uh, Dhaka in Senegal. We, we're going to the Amazon um, where there's been a lot of deforestation and we're going to Patagonia and, and race the, the glaciers there as well. So we want to go to locations to really highlight the impact of climate change, but also in those locations whilst we're there, we'll be involved in legacy programs as well, which will be taking actions um, to help uh, you know, combat some of the issues those regions are facing as well. So um, recently in, in Saudi Arabia, we uh, launched a project um, with some uh, universities and foundations o- over there to help um, restore and protect the uh, nesting grounds for the red sea turtles. Um, so, yeah, it's incredible to be able to be part of this um, yeah, project. That's, it's using sport um, to be able to you know, use that platform that reaches so many people to be able to really push the, the conversation and action against climate change. So it's, um, yeah, it's exciting racing. Uh, and obviously, you know, being in this big horsepower electric, you know, off vehicle is, is a whole lot of fun to drive, but then you're also there um, for a larger purpose, which is, it's, yeah, a pretty, pretty cool thing, I think. Well, it's, it's, it's really mind-blowing because I suppose in the past, you know, being linked with rallying is something that, may have been seen as, you know, the total opposite to climate action, you know, real polar opposites. But with this Formula E series, it's kind of like a a perfect match. And you're someone who's extremely passionate about climate action as well, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we all, you know, know so much more now about uh, about climate change, about the threats 
um, and, and you know the damage that's been done and, and really the necessity to act fast and, and I think you know what's great about these programs is is you know even I'm learning from being involved every day about what 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 the problems are what the solutions can be and, and you know really having that positive message of we can all be part of the solution and so being able to not just look on the news and see doom and gloom but to think well we can through our sport and through the passion and what we love we can actually help make a difference and we can also provide ideas and ways in which other people and other fans can also be part of the solution. And I think solving these problems really would well and truly have any of our teachers hooked for hearing kind of what you're doing broader than um, you're driving as well. Some of our students will be obviously chomping at the bit to learn more about how their passions and skills could help them forge a career in motorsport. How, how could they prepare and how can teachers support them in some of those skills, Molly? Yeah, I think one of the great things about motorsport is that it's, it really is um, a diverse industry. There's so many facets to it. So um, obviously from the, the STEM side and, and the technology and the engineering, um, you know, there's, there's always roles, roles in that sense and, and a lot of school-based programs uh, in terms of, um, you know, formula student and, and those sort of things with a real racing, um, I suppose, focus. But even from the commercial side, from the marketing side, um, from journalists, um, you know, we really have such a broad spectrum of, of the industry that um, I think it's a great thing that people that are passionate about motorsport or enjoy motorsport um, can really use whatever their skill set is. That there's really an application in motorsport, um, and we also have a program called Girls on Track run through Motorsport Australia. So that's a really fantastic one for any any females that want to learn more about motorsport. We actually host events at, at tracks and at schools so that um yeah the girls can, can come in and, and see all the different roles from mechanics engineers media driving all the different aspects of the sport and then get a bit of a taste of it and um yeah and see see what's next mm, that sounds so cool um fantastic options there for for the next gen coming through uh, Molly, you sort of touched on things that you were doing uh, that are ahead for you and, and your busy schedule, but what have you got in store for the this year and beyond and into next year? Yes, well, Extreme E is our main focus for the year. Um, I'm also still working with Subaru Australia here in Australia and we'll be doing some around the Australian Rally Championship as well as all the other uh, programs and, and projects we do across um, all the, the road car models, which is fantastic. And um, hopefully I'll be, well, I'll be spending a bit more time in Europe at points during the year, just mainly due to the difficulty of travelling at the moment. And so I'm looking at uh, what opportunities there could be to do with the racing over there as well. So it's shaping up to be a very, very busy year. Um, just also very exciting. You know, there's all these new opportunities that didn't exist last year even. So um, you know, for, for any racing driver, it's a really exciting time. Molly. You know, you've just, I think, blown all of us away as to what's actually involved in, in motorsport and, and how it's evolving and changing with the times. Um, you know, what an amazing and inspirational person, you know, I think that you are in leading the way and showing our students how their passions can continue to evolve. Um, thank you so much. But, you know, we haven't prepared you for this last question. And I don't know if you've listened <laughs> to an episode of our podcast, but we ask every one of our guests this question. It's called Rocket Ship Robots. 
So, yeah. Now, if you ever listen to Into It, there's a famous um, podcast over in the UK called Desert Island Discs. And you have to think, what would be the one, you know, track you'd take with you if you had to go onto a desert island? But, you know, we're a tech podcast. So it's what piece of technology would you take with you if you were on a mission to outer space? What would it be? <laughs> it's a good question and I feel you know like it's a bit boring to say your mobile phone or something that, that's really really obvious so um you wouldn't be alone if you said that 100%. don't worry a lot I mean of I feel like that's that. the smart choice if I'm going to say smart I'm going to say you know the mobile phone you can do most things with the mobile phone these days so that, that would be a logical choice I'm actually looking at where I'm sitting and next to my desk I've got my um travel size Massage gun. <laughs> oh, Can I yes. say that? Oh, that's, that's, that's a good the one. Best. That's a great one. Muscles are on tight. So that's, that's the nearest bit of technology that's not a phone. That is the best that's idea. And I was just thinking so you're almost living it in your quarantine at the moment. You know, you're, you had to choose yeah. what you would take with you and you took that. And I think that's an exceptional idea. I would like one too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, th- thank you so much, Molly. You have opened our eyes to the amazing and multifaceted world of rallying. I have a new respect, new and renewed respect for these vehicles, the teams, and of course, um, people like you, their drivers. Super fast, super awesome computers on wheels. And Molly, you are one amazing programmer, driver, problem solver, and more. <laughs> thank you so much for speaking with us here in the virtual staff room. Thanks for having me. So, Linda and Yvette, what a technical sport rally and motor racing is. What did you learn today? I think I was really able to understand, I suppose, the complexities involved in, you know, getting that car on the road, I think, for the outsiders and those of us that are not into rally car racing normally. Um, I thought car went on track, driver drove, end of. Um, But there's some really critical parts in there and things that I think would be interesting for students to, I suppose, unpack what skill sets are needed to get that team going. And I thought Molly spoke about it really well. Mm, I love her Girls on Track program um, that she's affiliated with uh, because I just wonder out there, you know, how many students are seeing somebody like her and going, I could do this and here are the skills I need. Um, I mean, if I felt like that, I know that there are going to be students out there that, that are really intrigued by the potential for combining a variety of skills to be on the world stage and actually to be at the very top of the world stage in such a dynamic field. I mean, it's intense what they do. And to meet someone at that level and to, to have, have a chat with Molly was just awesome. Oh, absolutely. What, a, what an amazing role model um, for, for young women and, and young men as well, I think. Yeah. And Joe, right. I know you're nuts about cars. So what's your takeaway from this in terms of, you know, the, the bespoke e-cars e that they're using? Yeah. Um, really intriguing. Oh, I know. I was blown away by the, the sound of how much power they've got, the silence, you know, that we were speaking to Molly after the podcast and, and heard how they're completely silent, you know, or almost anyway. And it's, it's a hard thing to be able to navigate when you can't hear anything. But what stood out to me is number one, the way motorsport is actually evolving. So it's like everything we do inside the classroom is evolving and changing. So is motor racing changing to keep pace with the times. We're not going to be able to use internal combustion engines forever. And our students need to be, you know, made aware of these new types of technologies and the opportunities that they have and the impacts that they have. Because I I found that that link to climate action and climate change really compelling. This is a way we can continue to enjoy these things we love, but at the same time protect, you know, the amazing universe that Mm. we have. So. I, can't, I can't think of another sport that's actually, you know, in partnership really in, with those kinds of goals, unless I'm mistaken, but it's really not about that. So I thought that was 
Yeah, really, with their polar really opposites. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. We learned heaps today. Now, maybe you were considering how you might be able to tap into your students' passion for wheels and motor racing at the same time as developing future-focused skills. Team, what are some of the amazing resources you have discovered? What have we got to share? Well, in terms of specific resources, I'm wondering whether students could be a bit more... um discovery in kind of building their own car using some of our Lego and just really consider what the needs of the robot might be. Oh, I really like that, that one. Absolutely. Building it for, you know, when you think about the the constraints of rallying, it's got to have ground clearance and those kind of things. Maybe they can have a test track or something like that Mm. for them to roll over and control. Um, Exciting. Or if it's Formula One, it's got to be low down and, you know, really sleek. So They're clearly all the bits that I don't have Uh, enough knowledge about, Joe. But thanks for filling in the blanks. (laughs) How about you, Yvette? Look, I am going to do a cross promo. I'm sorry. I know we, we did speak about this, but there is such a cool new issue of T4L Kids magazine, which is actually touching on some of these issues we've discussed today. It's the science issue. It's just out. And essentially, it's going to get students investigating a cause in their own neighbourhood and taking charge, having a cause, finding solutions, and then using tech to actually quantify data and provide a solution with your, you know, chosen audience. So it's actually getting kids to be mini Greta Thunbergs, go out there, kids, solve a problem, make something happen and share that message out. So I think it's a fantastic edition of the magazine um, and I think it's wonderful if you want to give it to students as an independent resource in the classroom or uh, work with them on on this design challenge that's included in this issue together. Yeah. So that's me. What have you got, Joe? you, Joe? Well, I've been perusing the Minecraft Education Edition website and um, I came across this series of esports challenges and their focus is, is really on that team building side of things that Molly was talking about, where it's a shift away from personal projects that you normally do in Minecraft to a series of collaborative build battles. So there's loads of guiding questions for teachers, some awesome resources for building those team skills that Molly did identify as being so crucial, but at the same time, you know, developing key simps key STEM skills around 3D design and and yes, using the structure block in Minecraft, students can even 3D print their designs afterwards if they want to. So one to check out. Sounds really good. So whilst we often have the last word in our podcast, from now on, we want to give you a voice. And so to close us out, here's a little gem of techno wizardry wisdom. And we're lucky enough today to be joined by another ICT leader in a New South Wales public school. Hello teachers, it's Bahia Malas, an English teacher from Lakehurst High School. One of the tips that I would like to share with you today is one that many teachers have found really helpful, especially with efficiency and time management. So if you use Google Classroom as your learning platform, I highly encourage you to use the schedule functionality that's embedded in in the platform itself. So if you have uh, your content and material ready to go that you would like to share with students, uh, go to the Classwork tab. On the left-hand side, you'll see the plus create uh, tab. Click on that one and then upload all the content or material that you like. And then on the right-hand side, um, it will give you the option either to publish or schedule. You click on schedule and you pick the date of the, of you know, the date that you prefer to have your work published. Again, this will save you a lot of hassle um, and time from posting on the day when you have all the classes. Especially if you oversee different classes, this will also be uh, a great time saver. So Yvette and Linda, did you learn something today? 
I want to be a rally car driver. <laughs> that was awesome. Molly blew me away. Yeah, and I might need to learn a bit more about um, rally car driving. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And in more ways than one, yeah. she's a trailblazing guest, I think, Molly Taylor. So we're lucky to be joined by, by her, that's for sure. It made me think of the many and varied ways STEM infuses all aspects of our lives. So an amazing opportunity for us and, and for all of you out there, we hope too. Just a little note, please be aware that all views expressed by the podcast presenters, that's us, are our personal opinions and not representative of the New South Wales Department of Education. Discussions aren't endorsements of third-party products, services or events. And please note that as much as we sound like it, we are not experts in legalese, tech speak or anything in between. We're just passionate people keen to boost technology for learning in the classroom and to help build the school skills in your students and for you to solve the problems of tomorrow. Do your due diligence, read further, and if we've got something wrong, let us know. We too are always learning and always improving. This podcast has been produced by the masterful Jacob Druce with the assistance and supreme coordination of many awesome members of the Technology for Learning team. Before we go, please make sure you send us through your comments, your word of techno residue wisdom, and your thoughts for new guests and segments. And if you like the podcast, give us a rating so more and more educators find us and be inspired to get a little techie in the classroom. Stay compassionate, stay curious, get creative, everyone, and thanks for joining us.